Welcome once again to the Irish NFL Podcast, brought to you in association with the 42.ie. You can catch our previous episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud, and do subscribe so don't miss any further ones. And you can find us on Twitter, at IrishNFLPod. I'm Mark Cockrell, a rather pleased Patriots fan. When I went away, the Patriots were top of the division. When I come back, the Patriots are top of the division. I'm joined, as always, by Brian O'Leary, fan of the Gormless New York Giants. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Brian. And this week, Gordon Bridgefield, our Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs, Atlanta Falcons, Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns fan, is unfortunately can't join us. He's uh, swanning on the beach somewhere, I think. Um, so we are joined this week uh, by Noel Dowling, who's making his debut on the podcast. And Noel, for your sins, you are a... A Bears fan, unfortunately. And you admitted that out loud as well. Yes, I did. Why? <laughs> that is the question. Um, yeah, to be honest, when I uh, when I knew I was coming on and I knew that would be a question, I had to actually sit down and, and think. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I have been a Bears fan forever. I've since the early nineties. To be, I mean, I'd love to be able to say there's one game or one situation that made me switch on, but to be honest, they've just always been, been your there. team. Yeah, that, yeah, that's just they've just been there. You're not old enough to have been Fridge Perry and Walter Payton in '85. No, I think they 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 probably still would have had a bit of a, a star, you know, when I started. But they would have been kind of just gone. It would have been five, six years later when I really kind of got into it. Okay, so 20, 25 years of Bears fan, following and loving American football. Good to have you on the pod and good to have you here with us today. Great to be here, thanks. Gents, should we get stuck into it? Uh, we're going to do a review on the Week 9 games. We're at the mid-season points. So we'll have a look at our mid-season picks and suggestions for the rest of the year. And then, of course, as always, we'll preview next week's games. Um, week 9 kicked off on a Thursday evening. Uh, Pats were on a bye week, so it was the main game I had a, an interest in, I think, from a seeding point of view. Bills were at the Jets. Um, there was hope, if you like, from my perspective, that the Jets might be able to do the Pats a favour here. And uh, you know, thankfully, they were able to uh, come through and get a bit of a surprise victory against the Bills uh, in this particular game. Um, strange, because it really showed, I think, that the Bills are limited offensively, and the Jets didn't make any silly mistakes. And we've said on the pod before, they've surprised us this year. They've had a great result. But the Bills, interestingly, of course, during just before the trade window, picked up Kelvin Benjamin from the Panthers. And this game, if anything, showed they need him. They need a replacement for Watkins. Yeah, I suppose uh, on the trade situation, I suppose the head coach there now, Sean McDermott, was previously in Carnine, as well as Brandon being the general manager. So they would have had a... Uh, I suppose a previous relationship with Benjamin. It looks a good a good trade for the Bills, as you said. You know they're relying heavily on the defense in terms of winning games. All their wins have actually come out come at home. Yeah, sorry, they had one one win in Atlanta, but yeah. the the games that we still lost have all been away. So it's clear if they are going to make the playoffs and make a run at the playoffs and a, and a, in a way challenge the Patriots on the division, and uh, they're going to have to I suppose start winning some games other way. But they're predominantly it's all about winning those home games, and the defense is stepping up in those home games. Uh, they are, but is that that's not really going to be enough to win the division from the Pats, is it? No, no. I, I, I think when it comes to the Pats, you, you need a lot to really to take the division away from them, and I'm not sure if the Bills really will have that there. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm just amused by the Bills actually overall because the next game we're going to look at is the Falcons versus the Panthers, and the Falcons fell in this game again, couldn't hold on to their lead. They went down 2017 to the Panthers, but. Taking this back to the Bills, you make the point, Brian. They only won one away game, which was against the Falcons. Are we even sure the Falcons are that good? Like, should we be rating the Bills so highly if that's the only away game they they picked up? 
Well, I think that's more on the Falcons side. Like we've looked, we've looked at the running games, which the Falcons have lost. They've had, you know, leads in quite a few of those games. Probably the exception of one being the one in Foxborough where the Patriots beat them. But the other games, like last weekend, for example, they're ten points up. We had a conversation uh, earlier on in the season about how they always seem to be over aggressive on offense and they tried to win games rather than just taking points where where they're available. Last weekend, ten nil up, momentum is with them. They're in Carolina. Crowd is quiet. They've an opportunity to take another three points and add on. And they're three in terms of a 13 nil lead, and they go for a fourth down. They don't make it, and the game swings. The momentum completely swings because Carlisle went down and scored a touchdown. And the game completely went away. Mm-hmm. They end up losing 2017. If they had taken that field goal, at least you're looking at overtime. There's other games. The Dolphins at home, they've been up by 17 points. They've lost. They just um, even against that game in, against Buffalo, they were up again by high scores. They just seem to be not being able to put these games away. And again, it's, I think it's all uh, relates back to the Super Bowl hangover in terms of they had such a high. I mean, Expectation, yeah. yeah, and they had such a, a big lead in that Super Bowl, and they just haven't got over it. As well as the Shanahan going to the Niners, head coach, the offense corner doesn't seem to have the same rapport with these players. That well, Shanahan I mean, did. who who gets fired at the end of this season? Because like, I mean, we're talking about the most high-powered offense with the same players, with the same uh, skill players, with the same offensive line, um, and between betwixt and between a season, they've gone from one of the highest-scoring offenses in NFL history to a team that. No, 17 points, 7 points, 17 points. Um, offensive coordinator, head coach, does someone get the can at the end of the season? Um, well, that, that's a good question. As you say, the, the Falcons have gone from 38 point, or 23.8 points per game to 21 points per game. They've returned 9 of the 11 starters on offense. So, I mean, you do have to start looking at coaching. They have new coordinators. You know, maybe the rapport with the players, or as Brian says, Super Bowl hangover, but... It's just broken, yeah. There, there's something. I mean, they, they are a good team. They have good players, and it could switch for them, you know, yeah, like that. Yeah. But the question is, why? Is it the Super Bowl hangover? Yeah. It, it, will it be too late as well? Because the Panthers, it's a divisional game win. The Panthers and Saints are going great guns in the NFC South. I mean, do they still have enough time to sneak back in? I think they have enough time to at least look at a wild card. Okay. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say the division's gone. I mean, they're only two games behind. We, we don't want to judge them too soon. Uh, yeah, but um, tiebreakers are playing against them already now, which yeah, is true. the problem. Yeah, which is the problem. Yeah, plus the Saints are looking really good this season. So, it, as Brian says, it is two games, but it, it's still it's a hard ask given the way the Saints are kind of going at the moment. Yes. And the Panthers. Six-game winning streak for the Saints and the Panthers, yeah, depending on the week and depending on Cam's press conference, they, they, well. yeah, <laughs> they might get there. Um, Bengals at the Jags. Now... If you'd said to me at the start of the year, the Jacksonville Jaguars would go into a game against the Bengals, actually against anybody, benching their best player on the pitch before the game and would walk out comfortable winners, I would have taken you to the nearest mental asylum and locked you up promptly. I mean, they, they won the game 23-7. No, I mean, break it down. What has changed? Other than Tom Coughlin, who this Giants fan will obviously claim is the, the be-all and end-all and the messiah for all time. I mean... How are they so different? Um, well, to be honest, this season, the Jags' defense is is looking really, really strong. Um, as you say, but this weekend, they, they put up the points without their, their top offensive player. But I, I think on defense, they they have been winning games. I mean, they're in a great shout now for the division. I think they're giant top there at the moment. Yeah, they are, yeah. Uh, the defense ranks fourth in the NFL against the pass, and in sacks, they have 35. They're the top with that as well. So, I mean, am, am I right in saying that, actually, if they keep on their current pace, like their, their ranking against the pass is 10 yards per game better than anyone in history. If they keep on the sacks rate, they're going to break the NFL record, which 
I think is actually held by your Bears back in the day uh, of that, all teams. That may have been an 85 Bears team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the sack rate for the season around 74. And at, up to, prior to last week's game, they were at a run rate bringing them up around 78. That's yeah. probably pushed on since then. Yeah. Actually, I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been the 91 Giants, actually. Yeah, but team. I wanted to make sure you got that. <laughs> Yeah, I held off. Okay, okay, right. Uh, Fournette probably fell into the Tom uh, Coughlin school of... Uh, discipline. Discipline, where he was 10 minutes early for a meeting, and he got punished for that, you know. Well, 10 minutes early, five minutes late in his world. I actually <laughs> think it's a great sign, though, because we got to remember Fournette's just a rookie, and so he doesn't turn up for a couple of meetings. He starts playing the big Billy large testicles, and uh, he goes to the stage of saying, well, no, no, you're just a rookie and you're not the be-all and end-all. That sends a great message to the whole team, I no, think. No, de- definitely it does, because, and it tells the rest of the team as well, you, you can win without him. I know it's the Bengals, but still, you can only beat what's in front of you. And for them to go out without him and win sends the team a message and sends him a message. And plus, yeah. as I say, the defense will, if they keep going the way they're going, it yeah. makes it a lot easier for an offense to, to go out there then. I don't know if you saw the last minute of the game, but um, they're trying to eat eased the game out in terms of running down the clock and they had a fourth down and they took a knee but they still handed over possession to the Bengals albeit there's only 40 seconds left and uh, the quarterback Bortles comes off the pitch strutting himself and Mr Marone lashed him out for not going taking the play and trying to do something with it so it, it literally is that's what they needed because Gus Bradley was too soft yeah yeah and Marone I think did good things in the Bills but yeah. just didn't like the, the organisational setup. Yeah. so you know let's, let's, let's wait it's and see it's the first time they've won two games since the te- two games in a row since 2004 and if the Jags can do it even the Browns one day yeah. one century might be able to do it um the next game we're going to look at is the Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants I I could say so much about this game and this team so far, but I just want to sum up. I don't know if everybody caught it. The halftime, oh, sorry, not the halftime, the end of game presser with Ben McAdoo, the Giants head coach, where he was asked the question, Ben, what did you say to the team at halftime? And he said, um, and a 10 second pause. That was his actual answer to the question. When you've got leadership like that, I mean, I don't know about you, Brian, but that reminds me of Al Pacino in any given Sunday. I mean, that's an <laughs> inspiring <laughs> halftime speech there. 17 seconds without, without an answer. It was like as if he, he says, whatever I say here now is going to be all over the papers tomorrow morning, so I better think very quickly and say mm, nothing. Um, they lost 17.51. Is that the time of McAdoo's uh, departure on the last day of the season? They come out last night and said that he won't be going anywhere till the end of the season. Um, which, which basically <laughs> says he's going somewhere at the end of the season. <laughs> well, no, until the end of the season. But, you know, there's a theory there because if they were to get rid of him now, in my opinion, they'll give it to Spagnola right until the end of the season. He'll probably get a reaction out of him and they'll probably win three or four games and end up with a maybe a nine or a ten pick in the draft. Where now I actually think they are thinking, let's just play this out and we will get an opportunity to bring in their quarterback who is probably the next franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. Yeah, It's funny because the Jets are slagging all the Giants fans at the moment because they're having such a good season. But what's going to happen to the Jets is... McCown, they're not going to have such a good pick to get a good quarterback. And they won't, they'll be scrambling around next offseason, picking up some tittle-tattle on the free agency, and the Giants will take the best quarterback in the draft, and we'll have a franchise quarterback for the next 15 years, and we'll be back again. No, you haven't been on the pod. You haven't had the opportunity to lament upon how god-awful atrocious the New York Giants have been this season. I need to be very careful. He's within arm's reach. Although there were a few Bears comments in the early early parts of the season, yeah. so maybe, you know. Maybe I deserve it. No, to be honest, though, I mean, it is, it's, I mean, I, I didn't think the Giants would have a great season, but this is not good at all. As you say, the McAdoo press conference speaks volumes with him saying nothing. Um, and it just goes to show that if you don't have a backup quarterback there, I mean, Eli has been 
he's been a top quarterback for a long time, but if you don't have an answer behind him, you're, you're kind of stuck with that quarterback and everything radiates from him. Yeah, and the, they, it's Geno Smith, isn't it? Is the backup option? Yeah, that's that's not that's no, not an, that's option. Not an option. It'll, it'll, no. be, it'll be Davis Webb, the rookie, who gets the opportunity for the end of the season. There's a few things. That are, are they going to break Eli's uh, consecutive starts? I think he'll he'll break that particular record that's available within the NFL. He'll get to that, and then I think they'll they'll ease him out. So you think Eli can still get up to Favre's record? I can't recall what that number is. Uh, two hundred ninety-seven starts, I think. And what are we at the moment? Oh, he's well behind, but he's about that's, to overtake Peyton. I yeah, think well, that's I, the think key I think they'll allow that. It's not not so much about the performance anymore. It's about what's going on within the camp. I mean, you've had Jenkins suspended last week for no for not turning up on Your the Monday. Cornerback, yeah. yeah. DRC was suspended because he, he walked Your off. Other starting cornerback, he walked yeah. off during the game. Uh, there was no tackling last weekend. The guys were showing away from from tackling. It's the worst defeat the Giants have had at home since 1961. Um, there's been no touchdown or no first down given. Um, by t- no defense has given up a first down. From toward and twenty three or beyond since nineteen eighty. Actually, how and the Giants give up a touchdown. Sorry, how are we not talking about that third and thirty three play? Actually, Robert Woods. I mean, this is to pick up a few yards for field goal. And yeah. what were they doing? Third and thirty three. A, a full. A, you know. Oh my God. Oh, just it was it. worse than the screen Mary in the Chiefs game. Like, I mean, it's like as if the players are down tools because they want to get them sacked. That's what it looks like. But then, funny enough, and I said to Noel earlier on before we started yesterday. Because there's been reports in the media this week that two or three players have come to the press and they've approached the press for interviews to say we're not happy with the with the coach and this that and the other two or three players, and then last night there was uproar because all the kind of official press conferences were done yesterday and four or five of the main defensive players are going, who's the who's the mole in the camp? We're gonna fl- we're gonna flush out this rat. You know, how dare he question their coach? And I'm kind of going, where's this been for the last six or seven weeks? <laughs> so, <laughs> which which mole of the uh, 11 starters on yeah, defense so do you want? All of a sudden, they're all pumped up. We might even win this weekend, though. No, you won't. Uh, look, all credit to the Giants. Uh, sorry, all credit to the Rams, of course. You can only beat what you put in front of them. They're being very efficient. That's the type of silly trap game that, and uh, you know, the Rams of the past, the Ram- Jeff Fisher Rams would have definitely won- run into after a good win. And the Rams didn't. They performed excellently. And they're very consistent uh, under Sean McVay there. Um, just to finish on the Giants, uh, you know, you're an 80s, well, you're not your 70s baby, but still, I always think of the 80s song. You know the song Agadoo? So it's more yeah, like yeah. Macadoo, do, do, <laughs> push their head coach, new QB. Macadoo, do, do, time for Spagnola. Lee. You know you've been off for okay. a few weeks. Yeah, I was enjoying that though. I, I, that's going around my head. Yeah, stick to your day job. Uh, the Rams pull up 51. <laughs> The Eagles also put up plus 50 in the biggest defeat by the Broncos at Mar High Stadium in their inception oh, in seven years. Was it the most points? Sorry, it's the most points the Broncos gave up in the last seven years. They destroyed the Broncos 51-23. It wasn't even that close. There were a couple of garbage time TDs. Carson Wentz, I know we're going to come on to midseason MVPs and stuff like that. He's performing fantastically well. They lost the left tackle, Jason Peters. They're still ticking on. They've picked up JHI, who looked serviceable in a very short period of time. I get the sense with the Eagles, it's not perfect. They can easily become derailed because it doesn't look absolutely fantastic. But when they're playing consistently on offense like they are, when they're playing consistently on defense and causing such disruption with the front seven, I mean, there's a reason they're 8-1, and guys. They they do look... They're certainly the class act in the Giants division, I'm afraid, Brian, and the NFC East. But um, they, they, they look the real deal this year. They really do. And I have to say, sorry about this, Brian, I know you're not the biggest fan, but I've actually enjoyed watching the Eagles probably more than anyone else this season. 
Yeah. I think Wentz has, I mean, there are times he's got gobbled up in a pile of people and you're wondering how many men are on top of him until, you know, you see him running out and making a first down or throwing a touchdown. That, that play against the Redskins in particular I mean, was he amazing. He just came out of nowhere. But, I mean, when you look at the balance they have, you know, you have Aguilar, you have Jeffrey, Ertz has been fantastic this year as a tight end. And then Blunt was doing a decent job kind of keeping the ticking on the ground. As you say, you add a joy. I mean, they have so many options, but they seem balanced, you know, and everyone is stepping up. Now, I don't know if they are that good or if Wentz is making them that good, but either way, it's it's working. And defense-wise, I mean, they're strong. So the only thing I will say about that, there is, you know, second half of the season, they have eight wins at the moment, but only one of those have come against a team with over 500 record. Yeah. So the second half will be tough. They, They have some, you know, tough games to come, but at the moment, I mean... As you say, you can only beat what's there, and, and they're beating them. They're the class act, yeah. I hope they pick too soon. That'd be great. Wouldn't it? And then what'll happen is they'll take a few players out, come week 12, week 13, because they have the number one seed, and then they'll come into the playoffs against some team with a hot streak, and boom, goodbye for the day. You see, you saying... Who, Brother team, of love. Nah, but you see, you're saying team on a hot streak, and I look around the NFC, and I think the Eagles would take the Rams... Any day of the week, you know, in the clash off between Wentz and Goff, I think they'd have too much for them. Seahawks will come to obviously suffer the bad injury, and the front seven could contain Wilson. Packers are going to be nowhere because they've lost Rodgers. I'm I'm struggling to find the team that you know you can actually say as a matchup. All that would be a significant challenge for. I them. think that would be the New Orleans Saints. I was going to say maybe the, the Saints and good the one. Eagles would be a good game, yeah. and that could could go. I'd still probably favour the Eagles, but it would be a tight one. And, I like that, and yeah. that's why I think the number one seed is really important this year because if the Saints were to get it and the Philadelphia have to go into the Dome, I don't think they'll beat the Saints in the yeah. Super exactly. Dome. Yeah, home yeah. advantage so is, is massive. Yeah. I think it'll come down to actually who, if that was the championship game, and I know we're going to get the yeah, yeah. half-season Super Bowl picks, if that was the game, I think it really will come down to who's, who's at home. But also as well, Saints have so many in-division games still to play that they could have a real struggle there with Panthers and uh, the... Uh, Falcons as well. Yeah. And just to, sorry, one more point on the Broncos game. The Broncos defence reminds me actually of the Giants defence. Uh, the head coach after the game basically said the defensive players need to look in the mirror. But I mean, the defensive players have probably given up at this stage because they've just no offence and they're continuously on the field. So I'd imagine, you know, at some stage something has to give there. Yeah. Um, after the, um, <coughs> I suppose, excitement of them, we've got to deal with a few of the, the less exciting games. Uh, Browns at the Texans, you know. That was uh, that, w- that that wasn't last week. Sorry, that wasn't last week. Thank yeah. you. Um, Brian has it on the list here. Yeah, which I is do. Helpful. Yeah, my mistake. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. all right. Uh, Colts are the Texans. Yeah. I meant to say yeah. sorry. So Colts beat the Texans twenty fourteen. Jacoby Brissett pulls out another win. Um, rather surprisingly, but I suppose he was up against uh, Tom Savage. Well, I I think that's what it comes down to. I think Deshaun Watson missing and Tom Savage coming in. Savage is not a good quarterback. <laughs> I mean, look, he's in the NFL, so he must have had some talent. But, uh, I mean, when you watch him play, I think coming into the game, he hadn't he hadn't thrown a touchdown, I'd be correct. No, in, that's in right. A, in 105 passes. I think he got up to 131 or something, didn't before he? Before he was, actually yeah. threw. And he's just, it's it's night and day for them. They're a different team. I mean, when you're losing your best defensive player, and then you go and lose your, what turned out to be, I mean, he was fantastic this season. He had yeah. his ups and downs, but still... Oh, we, said about, we said about Goff and Wentz. I mean, Watson took it to another plane in terms yeah. of excitement. Yeah, yeah he, he really did. And I, I just think they, they can't win without him. Savage won't win your games. And 
I mean, the Colts themselves are missing luck, but I think Brissett is not a bad player. No, I, th- I think he's no, a good player to come and fill in, and I think it's more than enough to be taken the, the Texans. Um, the Colts have now won three wins for yep. the season. I mean, uh, a JJ Watt, Whitney Merciless, and Deshaun Watson less yeah, Texans, sure. the Browns, and the 49ers. So it's kind of a, a weak three wins, if you like. And clearly, I think you mentioned about the Jags. I mean, it's down to the Jags Titans. and the Titans in yeah. that particular division. Which is, which is what we kind of preempted at the start of the season. I know. I was, I was leaning in favour of the Texans, but they might be falling off now with, with um, Watson's injury. Well, the Watson gone. You can even have to look at the spread for this weekend's game. They're away to the Rams. They're 11 point underdogs. You know, if Watson had been there, that would have been, you know, a pick em game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on Saints uh, were home to the Buccaneers Saints walked out comfortable winners in this on a six game winning streak the Buccaneers seem like the wheels are really coming off the wagon here and um, did you see the pre-game routine involving Jameis Winston if, if, if you have not seen this please YouTube where he twists his fingers together licks them and says that's a W right here and he starts licking them and said I'm eating a W or, or something of this nature I think the thing that makes it isn't the bizarreness of what he's doing it's the Sean Jackson standing in the group behind him looking at him as to say what kind of madman are what you is you know is that if I suddenly walked into Doctor Strange level or something, he's going. It's, it was bizarre to say the least. But the Brian, are, the, the product on the pitch, you know? the, the books are nearly as dysfunctional as the Giants at this stage in terms of because again, there's high expectations for them at the start of the season yeah. as well, and they haven't delivered. And if you saw the row during the game where Mike Evans came in and this week poleaxed uh, Lattimore when there was a a little bit of a Barney, but again, that was Winston coming out and tipping a player on the on the on the helmet. He tipped Lattimore. Lattimore barely touched him back, and Evans. And then Evans just came yeah. in. Yeah. Came that, was, in. that was the only fight they showed in the game. That yeah. was that was it. True, they just they were gone from early on. They gave away a, a there was a punt blocked, and it was, it was returned for a touchdown after a couple of minutes, and then the game was over. We kind of touched on the Saints in terms of whether they'll be the team playing against the Eagles in the championship game. They look so balanced now. Um, start of the season, Drew Brees did an interview in Sky. And he said, "We're going to we're going to go to Super Bowl this year." People are saying, "Are you crazy? What are you talking about? It's Drew Brees or nothing." You know, but now they've really kind of come on. He obviously realised the talent that was there. Kamara is backing up Ingram in the run game. They look really strong. Defence, as I said, Lattimore looks like a standout in his fourth year. And uh, having lost the first two games and been written off six wins in a row, top of the division, they have a great opportunity. And I want to give due credit to Cameron Jordan coming off the edge. He's playing lights out for them. Brendan Graham as well for the Eagles, you should have mentioned. I mean, they're two pass rushers. You get mentioned Von Miller and all these guys first and foremost, but these two are probably outplaying them at the moment. Uh, you know, some of the bigger starts. Yeah. Um, I want to say, actually, we should have said it when we talked about the Bengals. Obviously, AJ Green went nuts in that particular game as well. Is it that AJ Green and Mike Evans are either A, trying to get out of their respective awful teams, or B, auditioning for the WWE? Well, I don't know. Something's not right, but I think um, on that AJ Graham one, he's been watching a lot of UFC because the way he took him from behind and, <laughs> and brought him down, it was... <laughs> Talented. But I never understand why they punch in the head. I mean... He's wearing a helmet. You, you're a wide receiver. You're punching a helmet, you know. And you're damaging that's, the hands that's your that you job. Like, why, I, are you, why are you risking your hands? I, I must admit, I always love uh, hockey fights for that because the first thing they do is try and get the helmet. Sorry, they don't actually get a helmet. They try and get they the jersey the- over <laughs> the guy's head so they can wallop him with an under- uppercut. But they always drop the, the uh, hockey stick and their gloves first of all it's not like I'd be keeping the gloves on yeah, but yeah. bear in mind I used to play hurling and I used to say why would you drop the hurl when you get in a fight like <laughs> it's a weapon you, um, you played hurling? I did play hurling yeah yeah, yeah. badly but I played I it I thought you played corning you said no no <laughs> I played the guy um, anyway 
<laughs> stick to the NFL. We will stick to the NFL. We will stick to the NFL. Um, next game, we're going to look at uh, Ravens and Titans. Yeah, I mean, this game, there's not really a lot to say about it. The, uh, it looked more, it was a lot more comfortable for the Titans than it looks. Um, they kind of pulled away. There was a garbage time touchdown towards the end for the Ravens. That's right. Final score was 23-20 yeah. for the Titans, yeah. But uh, the Titans were comfortable enough. And uh, I don't know if you saw Mariota's dive. Um, there was a, some of the journalists uh, this week were giving out that diving is now coming into the NFL. Uh, Mariota was coming out on uh, coming out towards the side and he saw the defensive player came in, coming in and gave him a nice gentle nudge and he, he went over as if he'd been shot, got the 15-yard penalty and now they're up in arms saying that this is creeping into the game and it's a place where so- it should stay in soccer and not in the NFL, so I thought it was hilarious. But uh, and then again, I don't know if you saw the uh, the onside kick yes. from, from the Ravens, uh, Justin Tucker, where he tried to do a back heel yeah. and it only went to about five yards. So that just sums up the Ravens' season. Yeah, they they keep trying to do these weird type of onside kicks when it's expected onside kicks to confuse yeah. special teams units it and it always seems like the kicker keeps falling over the ball or messing it up it's like yeah. guys just just try it normally and we see yeah. where we go with it's that it's just the Ravens we just don't know what again like we keep saying we don't know what to expect the week before that they beat the Dolphins 40-0 yeah. and then this week they go in and I know a lot of people expected the Titans to win but there was just nothing from them you know it was just it was as I said it was a lot more comfortable well, than look, the score it's another win on the books for the Titans for the season um, Noel, I'm going to throw the next game over to you. Seattle were at home to the Redskins. They went down 17-14 to the Redskins. We could talk about an awful lot, and I'm sure you're going to take us through the game a bit more, but I just want to draw attention in the first instance to when is Pete Carroll going to go to his playbook and take out a slant on the one-yard line, which they tried in the two-point conversion and probably got intercepted again. Lose the Super Bowl with it, nearly lost another two points in this game. It's just take it out of the playbook, Carroll. Yeah, but if you keep trying, sometimes it'll go in. You know. <laughs> what else strange. can you do? Is that your message for life, is it not? That's it. Keep trying. But um, to be honest, this game, there's not much to talk about up until the fourth quarter, and then, then it explodes. I mean, the first three quarters are what I would consider to be a typical Seahawks game, barring two weeks ago against the Texans. If you tell me there's a game 7-2 or 7-3 at the half, I'm, I'm thinking the Seahawks are involved in it because yeah. that's yeah. just the kind of game they, they generally play in. But um, the, the fourth quarter is where this game really came alive, and it was actually a fantastic. I mean, it was a fantastic uh, Cousins drive at the end there to seal the deal. To to seal that. But this, I mean, I think the Seahawks kicked themselves. They 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 cost themselves this win. Three field goals missed by Blair Walsh. Yeah, I mean, how how bizarre is that? So Blair Walsh is actually one of the most accurate by percentage field goal kickers in NFL history, but he's gonna go down in history for playing for Minnesota, missing the chip shot field goal to beat the Seahawks in Seattle in the playoffs, and then being picked up by the Seahawks, which always seemed a bit weird. It was like, you did us a favour before, mate. We'll give you a job. Reasonable season, and then implosion. And they were all the same. They were all wide left. Yeah, and yeah, the, the, the not even <laughs> close. Like this was, this was like Brian on the golf course. Everything was a hook about half a mile to the left. Yeah, I think I even heard the stat that this is his second three-game miss. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. He's either very good or very bad. Yeah. When when his head isn't right, it yeah. seems to just not be right because. And then, and then last night, I know we we're kind of recording on Friday, so the Seahawks have played since then. He two uh, three field goals last night, and all straight straight down the middle. Straight down yeah. the middle. Yeah. So actually, just talking, and we as you say, we uh, we're recording on the Friday, so uh, the Seahawks played again last night against the Cardinals. Um, if they'd lost, actually, the Cardinals and the Seahawks would have had the same record, which seems bizarre. They didn't. They beat the Cardinals in a very scrappy, very penalty-filled game. 
But very importantly, they have lost Richard Sherman probably for the season. If it yeah. hasn't yet been confirmed, it's likely to be confirmed. And there are lots of injuries in it. It has been confirmed. Okay, yeah. so um, that's I don't that's think huge. that's I don't think it's bigger blows people uh, people. I think it's I don't. Massive. I still don't think he's the player he was. Bearing in mind they've traded away Lane, yeah, so they don't have. Oh no, sorry, he came back. And he played last night. He came back. That's right, because yeah. he passed in past his medical. But yeah. they don't have cornerback depth, and they rely upon their cover three and their press corners too much. He's dysfunctional, though, Sherman. He doesn't. He doesn't really. He, when he's on his game, yes, but that, he hasn't been that good for the last couple of years. Not to the level we were used to in terms of when they went to the Super Bowl and, re- and returned to the Super Bowl. You you look even the Super Bowl in 2014 against the Pats. I think Brady threw him in once. Um, I think most post-seasons, you would get the stats of Rodgers throw at him twice, in a, uh, no, once in the, his post-season game. People, quarterbacks don't throw at him because he locks down in the post-season, and that's what the Seahawks are going to be. Yeah, no, I, I think the Seahawks defense hasn't been as strong this year as it normally is, but he's still a big player to lose. He's, you know, yeah. he's a character in that defense and probably one I'd say a lot of the players look to, and when he's gone, I, th- I think that is a hole that will be noticed. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, it's worth noting, if anybody hasn't called up on the game yet, that uh, uh, the Seahawks' offensive line, while it's been bolstered by their recent trade uh, for a left tackle, still is Swiss cheese. Uh, and Russell Wilson is running for his life so many times. It's yeah, well, I don't think uh, one left tackle coming in from the Texans is going to resolve the issue, which has been there, plagued them for probably the last two years. Dw- Dwayne Brown, though, I mean, considering what they did have there, it's like Jonathan Ogden. And uh, Anthony Munoz combined. Uh, it's such an upgrade, it's unreal. But if the other four people are still hopeless and pathetic and yeah. awful, I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. But it is true. But I think it's not good as well for the Seahawks. I, I, I think I might be right that he may also be their leading rusher or close to it. Yeah, he that's is. not what you want from your quarterback. You it's great to have the option that he can run, but you don't want him leading your rushing. And you hit the nail on the head. They do not have a running game. They cannot actually... They've got no consistency of a running game whatsoever. I think their first run last night, even the commentator almost sounded surprised, I think, that he was running... The, they were running the ball. Like, hand off to the running back. Oh, that's a four-yard loss. And putting you in negative it's, plays, it's too negative much. And, and that's a lot going on his shoulders, Dan, because he has to make the passes and he has to take it on the ground. And it's, it's, it's a lot to ask. Um, it's worth saying, actually, the only team probably with more disappointing running backs and consistency from the running game than Seattle is Carolina because their running backs are doing nothing except yeah. on Newton's shoulders. Well, yeah, yeah. I was actually going to come back to that because they won the game last weekend. When, when you were 10 down against the Falcons, um, we touched on that game already, but Cam literally ran for 78 yards on that drive that got them back into the game. It was, like, you know, fake handoffs and then he was running up the middle or going on the outside. But the reason why McCaffrey was drafted was to try you know relieve that pressure on cam it's I, not working i want to i want to throw it out to no you're here today actually and you're mentioning cam again i mean is he the prince that was promised is he a great talent or is he a bit of a crybaby i'm just thinking in that falcons game there was this petulant display when the head coach when riviera decided not to go for it on fourth and one yeah. where he basically yeah, you know he yeah. looked like a child throwing his toys out of the pram he's had two or three instances this year with press conferences with inappropriate statements or Dismissing, I walked out. Scott, walked, walked out. out. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos Super Bowl when he walked out uh, when they lost, young player, first time experience, bitterly disappointed. Kind of people made excuses, but he's he's nearly he's a veteran now. Surely this can't go on. No, I mean, as you say, he is a fantastic talent, and when he switched on, he, you know, he is a great player and he's a great quarterback to have. But he has that mental kind of you know maturity he needs to. 
work on to, to, to work on to, to yeah. have more consistency with it it's similar to Jameis Winston in um, yeah. Tampa Bay they, they can be good players but at times you'd question their leadership because they, they have this petulance about them which is I don't know does it come from you know growing up having everyone around you yes man you're this you're that you're brilliant mm. you want this here it is you want that there it is and then as yeah. you say when decisions are made they don't agree with they it's kind of the sheltered life yeah, of a quarterback you know, going through high school and college, etc. You know, yeah. from a young age, he knew he was going to be this top player. He knew he was going to go to the NFL. Everyone around him knew it. You know, and maybe they get a little bit too many, too many yes men. You know, and and they believe their own hype to a point, and they want what they want. And I'd say, I'd say uh, the Titans are relieved because they've got a, what looks like a, a good quarterback with a good head in the shoulders in Mariota who at the time was between him and Winston, who went number one in the draft. And they look over the other side, and there's a guy eating his fingers before a game. <laughs> so. Yeah, and look, I mean, it happens across the spectrum. Jay Cutler, I mean, is he the way he is? Because he was mollycoddled all his uh, life as well in relation no, to No, I, I think he's just grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, sorry, another Cards game was the week before, not only the Thursday night. They beat the Niners 19-13, which, you know, messy game. Very, very, very sloppy. Uh, Niners, of course, had still started CJ Bethard. They didn't start their new trade acquisition, Jimmy Turing Garoppolo. Um, as a Pats fan, I mean, not much to say about the game. Look, Peterson, Fitzgerald, you know, they did something. They did some things together, but Palmer got injured. He's out. Stanton is going to be the step in, basically, for the Cards going forward, which sums up why they lost to the Seahawks again. Um, on the Jimmy trade, I don't really want to talk about it because I'm still a little upset. But, but we got the, a second. I don't round think pick. the Pages really had any choice because no, I, I was, they if, did. If, if they did, if they hadn't held on to him and they came to free, he was a free agent from from right, he's a free agent at the end of the season, and for him to stay on, they would have had to either franchise tag him or give him a very attractive contract. So if he franchised, he's going to be on the top average of four, top five quarterbacks, which isn't going to happen because he's not going to be playing. So I actually think they, got, they did well out of it in the end. They got a second round pick. Uh, which is probably going to be 33, 34 in the draft. Uh, yes and no. Um, if you were going to make that call, would you not make that eight games early? I know Belichick's a big fan, wanted to try and hold on to him, etc. He just said it became untenable that they had to let him go. But I did love the conversation that came out in the press. So John Lynch had phoned about Garoppolo during the offseason. And he phoned Belichick and he said, look, Garoppolo, is he available? No, no, no. He Apparently this is the conversation. No, he's not available, not at any price and everything. Okay. If you won't trade him, will you trade Brady? I said. <laughs> and Belichick yeah. apparently said to him, so what did you just ask me? Um, so <laughs> you can't blame the guy for trying or anything. Is but it, it makes sense as well. It's out of division. Um, I think it does rule out Cousins for the 49ers completely. Oh, I, think yeah. it, I think they're committed to it. But it's great for them because you know, they start him for six games maybe and he looks shocking. Well, fine. Cut. We lost the second well, round. That's it. Nothing, nothing lost. Yeah, at least you've got to evaluate him and see if, if he can do the job going yeah. forward or not. Yeah. Well, and they would still pick play? up a 2019 compensatory pick, likely. Exactly. Yeah. When uh, is he going to After play? the buy, I would imagine they're going to put him so in. So they're not playing this weekend? No. I, I, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't. Like, why would you? You want him to look good. You want him to have they're time to the adjust. Giants this weekend. Surely that's a, a right game to play. Oh, God almighty. Nobody yeah. looks good in that game. Yeah. Um. I, actually, we're going to come on to it and everything, but... I, I have very little hair and it's it's going quicker uh, every day of the week. Um, but I seriously will be washing my hair when there's an option to watch the one and seven New York Giants play the zero and nine San Francisco Forty ers I mean that's that's a game reserved for the circles of hell. Dante wrote stories about those games. That's good. This guy picked it. <laughs> just as well there was a vote this weekend just as well there was a vote to yeah. save us all from it yeah. right um, Chiefs at Cowboys 28-17 uh, in favour of the Cowboys the Chiefs 
Uh, I'm not going to say the wheels have fallen off the wagon. They've had some very tough games, but they have lost three of their last four. The Cowboys bolstered by a strong running game, which on again, off again, suspension is back on for Elliot, but he, you well, know, he's definitely gone this definitely weekend. gone this weekend. <laughs> finally, um, but the Cowboys, you know, a good win. They're at four and four, I believe. Or no, they're five and three. Five um, and three. Sorry, thank you for the question. So, um, you know, they're, they're there or thereabouts. They've certainly got a shot at the wild card. Uh, they've, they're going to be in and around the, the mix. Uh, they might not catch up with the Eagles, but they could be dangerous. Well, we had a conversation earlier in the week around the fact that they've now won two, what you'd call, you know, really big, big games in terms of defeating Redskins away. And the Chiefs at home, who are both challenging in terms of getting to the playoffs. And the three wins before that were kind of against teams that aren't doing much this season. But... You asked me if you're early in the week, are they primed for a run and, and a playoff? At least a wild card, bearing in mind the Eagles will probably win the division. I said it'll all depend on whether Zeke can and, play or and not. And now Zeke is... Now he's gone. Yeah. I mean, it literally turns the tables on how we, your expectation is for the game this weekend against the Falcons. Well, that's uh, it. I mean, the next couple of weeks now are big. They have the Falcons, they have the Eagles, and that's probably the worst time to lose them. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. those divisional games which are so tight. So two other quick games before we get on to the, the remainder. I'm just going to sum up very quickly. Lions have played the Packers uh, at, at Green Bay and beat them 30-17. I think we call that the absence of Aaron Rodgers game. Um, Lions continue to feast on teams that won't make the playoffs but can't beat those that do make the playoffs. So I think that's a sign for where Packers I, are going. I think it's clear now that Huntley isn't the answer. People have said, oh, well, look, he's going to have two weeks now. He's having a bye week. They actually had the longest... Huntley was never the answer. Well, there's, there's a person that's on this podcast that isn't here today was convinced he was the answer. They had 15 days. They've had the longest stretch by any team in terms of between when they last played because the game was on Monday night. He had 15 days to get himself into right. into this you know, scheme and um, play calling. So, uh, Kaepernick, yeah? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is, he, is he better than, is he better than uh, Huntley? Kaepernick is better than Huntley. So, why wouldn't you do it? I don't know, maybe there's collusion. Oh, whoops. Anyway, yeah. moving swiftly on, last game we're going to talk about very briefly, Raiders at the Dolphins, 27-24 in favour of the Raiders. This was almost kind of like a wild card eliminator in some respects. You know, you need to be winning these to have your tiebreakers if you're close with these teams at the end yeah, of the Yeah, no, for both teams, I think it was it was important to get a win and, and the Raiders, I mean, I, I actually thought this was a really good game. I thought both teams played well. Um, I thought the Dolphins were unlucky to go in behind at halftime, but at the end of the day, the Raiders, Raiders, the Raiders it. took it, and you know it was an important win for them. Yeah, Mari Cooper is starting to click again. Derek Carr seems to be back to better health and everything. So you know, may, maybe they'll go on a bit of a tear. I but don't again, think they're out of division race. Aren't I, you guys I, I, I don't think. Beat, so. And they've beaten the Chiefs. And they've beaten the Chiefs. And yeah, the Chiefs no, have said they're, they're three, still there. three losses out of four. Gents, we're at the midpoint in the season. So before we just very quickly turn our attention to next week's games, I want to throw it out to you. So we we obviously uh, here, uh, Noel made a few picks in terms of MVP and things like that. But let's start in a different way. Eight games. Every team has played at least eight games. Now, even the Bucks and the Miami, who obviously missed their opening game of the season. <laughs> who is the biggest surprise of the season for you so far? Team, player, whatever you like. For me, it's the Rams. I mean, four and twelve last season. They haven't had a winning season since two thousand and three. Um, you know, a running back and a quarterback. You know, Gurley. He's a few more fumbles than he had last year, but everything else across the board. He's up on yards. He's up on yards per carry, touchdowns. I mean, you look down at Goff, quarterback. He the same. He's played a similar amount of games now than he started last season. Last season he was zero and seven. Yeah, well, yeah, was it addition by subtraction? Just get rid of Jeff Fisher and everything improves. Well, Sean McVay was, was I think an amazing. So, I mean, 
you can't underestimate the the importance of what him coming in as head coach has done. Um, even some stories I read during the week, they say it's just a completely different ethos around the ground, around the stadium now, around the club. I mean, it just seems to be completely, you know, moved up now. Revitalized almost. Jeff yeah. Fisher. I mean, I know he's well respected. He's a big name, but he has not been a good coach in a long time. No. Nope, um, if you look at his record, it's it's been years since he was really a equal relevant head coach. biggest loser of all time in NFL yeah. history, if I can remember correctly. Former Bear. Moves. So I, I don't like to say you know <laughs> to not say anything nice, but I mean. Getting rid of him and bringing in McVeigh has been the biggest part for me. Yeah, they've scored, oh, they, more, they've scored more points now than they did in the entire last season. Oh yeah, no, that's right. They've already exceeded their total from last yeah. season, and everything, and they are one of the highest point scorers. I think they are the highest point yeah. scorer in the NFL this season so far. Um, the only, and I, I am a big Sean McVeigh fan. Don't get me wrong, but the only thing I will say is we do need to wait for his sophomore season to make sure he's not another Ben McAdoo in the making. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. True. Brian, who's your biggest surprise? Uh, the New Orleans Saints, um, they lost the first two games, uh, first one in Minnesota, and then the Patriots beat them. Their defense looked like the defense of last season. We didn't see any turnaround, and we couldn't touch on it earlier when we were discussing the game against the Bucks. how balanced the team is now. Um, and Bree's coming out with statements like, we're going to go to Super Bowl, and people are thinking he's crazy. But they do have a legitimate chance of at least you know going to the championship game. And uh, as I said, we've looked at them for so long with Breeze. If Breeze doesn't win them the game, they don't win. But now they're taking the ball out of Breeze's hands and giving it to the running game and the defence is standing up. So yeah, they're my okay. biggest surprise. I, I mean, I kind of agree with both of you and particularly actually in relation to the Rams. I mean, I'd throw out the, some of the young quarterbacks. They really exploded this year. I mean, Goff is a different player to what it would look like last year. Carson Wentz was good for the first few games last year and then regressed, but has been lights out so far. And before he was unfortunately injured to Sean Watson. Yeah. You know, that, that he was a revelation. I, I feel guilty because I was asked before the season on the pod, you know, what do you think about Sean Watson? Do you think he's the next time? And I was like, I'm just worried. I could see images of Tebow, you know, a great college quarterback who didn't yeah, translate. Yeah. And by God, different story altogether. You yeah, know, you and Gordo went high on him. I, I was, he was my number one draft selection but anyway and yeah I just uh, do you know what there's been so many busts high picks in, in yeah. quarterbacks in the last while I, I, I don't feel that you get the same comfort that you used to get in relation to him but you know Deshaun well, the interest, man, you know again like you come back next year after an injury we don't know what to expect like Robert Griffin the third yeah and Mariota's been good this season, but he hasn't been to the same level as he was last no, year. No, Mariota's struggling, I think, with the, the change in system there a little bit, yeah. with the more downfield passing. But the other thing I want to say about Watson is the good, the good thing and bad thing for him, because he only had limited time players, defensive coordinators didn't get the chance to try and adjust the schemes and yeah, the game yeah. plan a little bit. So there, there might have been a little regression to the mean, but uh, enjoy the stars while they burn bright, I think, is one thing. Biggest disappointment. Um, well, for me, it's actually not a disappointment, but I think the Packers. I mean, when they started the season, they would have been heavily favoured to take the North. Now, I know they've had injuries, but who doesn't? But Aaron Rodgers But injury. Rodgers, them. Then when you go to your quarterback, and as I said earlier, a lot of teams have these top star quarterbacks, and they have nothing behind them. And they, whether they can't get in a good enough backup who wants to be there, or whether they just want to save the money, I, you know, the, who the, knows? The but. best team in the NFL at the moment, the IR team. You look at it, the players on injured reserve, <laughs> it's the best team. It definitely is. But I mean, I, I think the Packers, I mean, and I know the role line, I mean, of all positions, Dan, you don't want to be, at, you know, weakened. Is your role line if you're replacing your quarterback? And I think they lost Brian Bulaga there for the season. That's right. They did, He's yeah. another one gone. So for me, they have to be the biggest disappointment because... The expectations were so I high. mean, I'm worried now because I'm actually favouring the Bears this weekend against the, the Packers and I haven't done that in about 10 years. 
that that is that, 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 worries is, that me. is worrying yeah it's new territory i don't yeah. really know how to feel about it oh, and they're going in as five point favorites at home you know everybody. and the bears quarterback doesn't even throw the ball so <laughs> that's true yeah. come on brian do i even have to ask no it is the new york giants you yeah. know a lot of people no no personally and yeah. the, for, you know as an nfl fan i think a lot of people know a lot more about nfl than us for for talking them up picking them up thinking they were going to go possibly towards the super bowl so the wheels are completely come off. I, I gave out to Brian during the week, Noel, because uh, during the se- before the season started, I said, Cowboys won't repeat. You know, NFC is notorious division, difficult to repeat in. And I was tossing the turn between the Eagles and the, the Giants. Eagles and the Giants. Which one should I, I pick for the various competitions we do? And because I have to listen to him about three hours a day talking about NFL, I, I, <laughs> I convinced myself, no, no, the Giants, the Giants. Well, there you go. Last time I listened to you, O'Leary. Yeah, um, fair enough. <laughs> the, the, the only one I'm going to throw in the mix, and we talked about earlier, is the Bucks as well. I think they've been a very big letdown in relation yeah. to it. So uh, two last ones I'm just going to pick you for very quickly. Eight games in, seeing everybody, seeing everybody in eight games. So I'm going to ask you all in turn now, MVP at the end of the season and Super Bowl at the end of the season. Brian, I'm going to start with you on this one. The MVP would be Carson Wentz. I think it's, to be honest, I think that's, locked in um, there is some fantastic performance from players all year and if Deshaun Watson had a state fifth for the rest of the season there's an argument that it would have been him but on the basis that the Eagles are going to the playoffs and they have a strong chance of going to the Super Bowl whether they get there or not is another team but um, he'll be the MVP and Super Bowl? I don't think the Eagles will get there I think they'll come up short and then really high on the Saints and I think the Saints will play the Steelers in the Super Bowl the who? Steelers I thought you misspoke there yeah Gordon will be happy with that um, for me, I'm, I'm going to copy Brian. MVP is Wentz. I had it down to Brady and, and Wentz. I mean, 40 years old. He has the most passing yards so far and 16 touchdowns, I believe. But I, I just think 19. Well, there we go. <laughs> Turn that six upside down there. <laughs> so he's a football anorak. There we go. But I mean, I, I just can't look past Wentz. What, what he's been doing with the Eagles has been fantastic. And as I said earlier, I, I really enjoy watching them. So that, that would be for me. And I'm going to go... New England to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. No, you, you know, I'm glad we have Noel on the pod because you know we've got someone talking a lot of sense, a lot of intelligence. Because I was going to say Patriots and Eagles <laughs> in repeat of the 2004 Super Bowl. Well, Brian Tom would be really nice here and just say these things about <laughs> the, uh, New England, so you wouldn't throw hard questions at me. Oh, that works as well. Um, Eagles, I just at the moment in time, I'm looking at them. I just think as long as they can keep it together and they haven't peaked, and it's a fair point, Brian. Yeah. Uh, they will be okay and they will have enough um, in, in relation to it. I just checked, sorry, Brady has 16 touchdowns. I don't know what I'm thinking about, 19. I knew I got it wrong. Do you know the funny thing is when we did our uh, start of the season preview where we picked the worst teams, the middle of the row teams, and then there's the Super Bowl contenders. contenders. We also just did this little segment where we put three teams into this unknown category. And we just said, you know, what, we don't know whether they're bad, good or indifferent. Two of them were the Eagles and the Saints. Yeah, that's and, true. And at the moment, they're the number one and number two seeds. So so we, we proved that we didn't know enough. I like <laughs> what you're saying there. Um, and on MVP, I'd like to say Wentz as well. And I think, yes, he probably is, but I really want to see Brady get it. I mean, Peyton Manning won several MVPs when he wasn't really the best player in the league, but it was almost soft to him. Yeah, uh, he was Brady, Manning. Brady, because he was Manning. And like, it would be horrible for Wentz, but maybe Brady deserves one of them. The fact he's only ever had two MVPs is a travesty of justice. If you don't make the playoffs, he can't, surely you can't get it. Sorry, if you don't make the what? The, <laughs> the team that's made six AFC Championship games back-to-back? What? Yeah, time for a change. Two Super Bowls? Just catch up, bro. No, catch to, up. to do what he's doing at 40 years old. And I mean... 
New England never really have that one standout wide receiver. No, they had Randy Moss back in the day, but if it's not Moss, it's Welker, it's Amandola, he'll throw to James yeah. White, Gronk. It doesn't matter who you put out on outside. Like he'll throw and he'll put it in their arms. And it is it is the thing. I mean, Brady's most touchdown passes of all time is to Gronk. You know, it's a tight yeah. end. It's kind of that unusual thing. Whereas Manning would have had Harrison and Wayne. Montana would have had Moss. Uh, sorry, um, not Moss. Um, Rice for his whole career, etc. So yeah. You know, he is the GOAT, guys. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I'm going to stop my Brady love. I apologize. Let's turn our attention very quickly to Week 10. Brian, do you want to bring us through the games? Oh, let me just pass over to me. We talked about the Thursday night game. Um, Sunday games kick off Bengals and Titans. Uh, Bengals at Titans. Who you got in this, guys? Oh, Titans. I, the Bengals are a mess. Yeah, the Bengals have come on a little bit, but again, not to the extent that they can go in and win this game. Um, Titans have to win to keep on top of the division. Titans to win. Yeah. Um, a, they're away to the Titans, so AJ Green might try and seek asylum in Tennessee. Don't make them bring me back. Uh, <laughs> it's the Titans in this game for me. Browns at the Lions. I mean, sorry, any game involving the Browns, whoever the opposite team is, the Lions feast on non-playoff teams. Stafford stats. I keep calling it out for betting fans. Go against them when they're playing bad. Go with them when they're playing bad teams. Go against them when they're playing good ones. We touched on how poor the Packers were last weekend, but we didn't give any credit to the Lions. The Lions look really good on Monday night, and they're only a couple of games out of division, and they still have to play the Vikings. I believe they still have to play the, to play the Vikings. So they have to play the Vikings one more time, so there's an opportunity to make up that game. Yeah. Sorry, they've already beaten the Vikings, so they beat the Vikings already, so they have this high break. Lions are going to win. <laughs> Thank you. No. Yeah, I can't see past the Lions. So... No, I'm going to throw this one to you. Your team, Green Bay Packers, are away to the Chicago Bears at home. The I, I told Aaron. you, this one this one makes me feel weird. I'm actually going to go for the Bears over the Packers for probably the first time in a long time. But I think the, the Packers' defense is shocking against the run. The Bears have a decent dual threat there. Mm-hmm. And then they've no Rodgers. And the Bears' defense this year is really starting to step it up, especially the last two or three games. I'm scared to say it, but I can't see past the Bears. I agree with Noel, yeah. I think the run game in particular will will do the job. I don't think it'll be a comfortable win for the Bears. I agree. I Actually, with the Bears on this, I think they'll keep it on the ground. They don't want Mitch Trubisky to ever throw the ball, it seems. But it's Cohen no and Howard are a great one-two punch in the running game. And uh, I don't trust Unley. And I don't think the Packers are strong enough otherwise. So... Yeah, back-to-back losses against the Lions and Bears would be hurtful for Packers fans. So. You know, Rodgers has an opt-out of his contract this year. So wouldn't this not be the time for Rodgers now, considering that they've done nothing to help him in terms of putting the right players around them, you know, in terms of going back to a Super Bowl? Rodgers won't leave. What does he owe them? Rodgers won't leave. It's not amazing at this stage. He should look at Imagine Rodgers went to Jacksonville with that team. Yeah, I still say Rodgers won't leave. Yeah, but that's going to... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to have a chat with him. Well, it's a nice bargain chip for him anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, new contracts for Stafford and for Carr this season. Rodgers will get the richest contract. I still want one quarterback, though, to go for the jugular. The first fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. Well, that would be interesting if someone someone makes that play. And someone that could have the power? A Rogers. 33-year-old Aaron Rodgers, provided fit. Well, if he went somewhere else, he'd probably get it. That's true. Okay, uh, moving on, though. Two surprising teams. Really big game, actually, this one. Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a tight one, really. Yeah, Chargers, I mean, they're quite high on them. They've, done, they've lost some games that they could have won, and I think they're better for what, for what the credit has been given to them. The Jags need to win this because we believe the Titans are going to win and ultimately it's going to come down to probably the divisional games. So they need to keep up and win it. So they're going for three in a row. I'll go towards the Jags, but I'm not comfortable because we've, we've picked the Jags before where we believe they're on the right road and they've, they've let us down, but I'll stick with the Jags. You're going to go with the Jags? Yeah, similar to Brian. I mean, I, I do think the Chargers are a good team who are being a little underestimated, but I think the Jags might just be a little too strong. 
but it, it, it definitely is a tight one. Yeah, um, I think it's a tight one. Um, sorry, and I say the Chargers are underestimated. I mean, they're three and five, but they they could easily be five and three yeah. or six and two. Yeah. Um, Jags, yeah, I think Fournette comes back in and proves a point. So I'm going Jags in this one. I just think the defense is too strong and will give Rivers nightmares. Vikings leading their division, uh, going away to the Washington Redskins, who certainly aren't leading their division. It's a really tough game. You know, it's hard, it's hard to pick. The Skins coming off a big win, the Vikings coming off a bye week. Albeit they won last weekend, the Redskins were missing four guys from their offensive line. And for that reason, against that strong front seven of the Vikings, uh, Case Keenum is doing enough to win games in terms of game management. I think the Vikings edge them out. Could be a close one. No. Yeah, again, I think I'm just copying Brian now. I have to agree. I mean, the Skins done excellent last last week with the, the players they had missing to get that win. But I think the Vikings, fresh, should win that. I, I don't actually think it's that close. I think it's the Vikings every day. I've got mm-hmm. them in. I'm much more bullish on this one, to be honest with you. Uh, Cousins is playing decent enough, but I just don't think the Redskins have enough players left, almost. Um, Saints going away to the Buffalo Bills. The Saints on a six-game winning streak. The Buffalo Bills, as Brian alluded to, unbeaten at home. This really is this is a really tight game to pick from. You know, as I said, Bills really strong at home. Saints going for the seven win in a row. This is the Sky game, isn't it? It is they're, the Sky they're, game, they're yeah. the pick, which yeah. is absolutely appropriate. Right? I'm going to go towards the Saints. I'm very high in my pick them to go to Super Bowl. I can't pull away from them now, even, even though I have been, been very high on the Bills as well all season. I'm going to go for the Saints. Yeah, I agree. This, this one's a coin toss, but I, I think the Saints are just rolling now. I think they, they look good. Ingram and Kamara are fantastic. They're black. I, I, I think they might just be strong enough to, to go away and get the win. I'm, I'm tempted to pick the Bills just to reverse jinx them. Um, but, um, I, I, you know, they, they had a bad loss against the Jets last week. They need to win to really keep up with the Patriots. And their desperation is the only thing that's kind of making me wonder. Um I just don't see them having the, the uh, weapons. The Saints' defense has been so good. Benjamin necessarily won't have been integrated into the system quickly enough. So I still say the favor li- lies with the Saints. So I agree with you boys. Uh, Jets are Buccaneers. Who cares? Uh, but uh, in <laughs> fairness, um, Jets are an away team. So the Buccaneers, I can't believe that I would fancy the Jets on the road. But I think the Buccaneers are that dysfunctional. So I, I, I'm sorry. I should also say this is also because Winston's injured. This is going to be Josh McCown against Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's almost destined that he would haunt the Jets. But even still, I think I'm going to go Jets. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think the Jets should be good enough to go into Tampa and take the win. I'm going to go for the Bucks. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will come back to hunt the Jets this weekend. He was playing around last year for a contract. He, you know, he didn't really want to move. Um, you know, he's, he didn't even get an opportunity to go and be a starter anywhere else. So, but he's got a point to prove this weekend. The Bucks will win the game. Yeah, we want to we want to see another one of those smartest touchdowns. Harvard to Harvard, Fitzpatrick to Brakes. Anyway, um, Steelers at Colts. Do I need to bother? Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. Yeah, Houston Texans away to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, look, Rams. Yeah, Rams. Yeah, I mean, if it had been Deshaun Watson, we probably would have had a different conversation. It's the Rams. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at the Atlanta Falcons. Now this one's a bit tighter, particularly with Ezekiel Elliott gone. I'm going Falcons because, again, I think they're just too desperate at this stage and they need to win that game. I said that a few weeks ago when the Raiders were playing the Chiefs that you did. desperate teams when they really win games when they really need to and the Falcons have to win this weekend. And I would pick the Falcons even before the Elliott situation, but now that he's gone, even more so now, I believe the Falcons will win. Yeah, I'm just looking at my screen here and I have Cowboys highlighted in green there, but that was before the Zeke news. 
I think, as as you guys say, the Falcons are under a bit of pressure now. I mean, they still have talented players. They still have the the skill set there to, to win it. So I think with Zeke out, I think the Falcons might nick this one. Okay. Um, like I said earlier, Dante's nine circles of hell buried in the middle of this is a game between the New York Giants going away to the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, Brian, you're a massive Giants fan, and we obviously take the mick out of each other in a playful fashion, but with everything that's gone on this season and how bad the Giants have been and the things you've gone through, all the injuries, has it ever got as bad, though, to think think that you are underdogs going away to a 0-9 and team? Surely that's the lowest of the low. Well... Noel knows me a long time and he's watched so many Giants games with me so he knows what I'm like but last weekend was the first time I've ever turned the Giants game off that I can remember I, forever you just you know, couldn't watch it it was just it was horrible it was atrocious Ben McAdoo what have you done he yeah he's it's bizarre uh, it really is how they've gone from an 11-5 team in the playoffs yeah. to with the same with the same roster Giants are going to win though oh, they are going to win oh god um, I, I, do you know what? I would like to go back in a time capsule and watch this game 30 years ago type of thing. You know, then it would have been a decent game to watch <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah, a game for the ages. A game for the ages. No. Um, I'm going to upset Brian here and I think I'm going to actually go 49ers. I, I just think they're, they're due in. They've had a couple of bad defeats against Philly and Dallas, I think it was. But they had a five-game spell where they lost by three points or less. Yeah. I think they lost by three games. They lost by two points and two games by three. I, I think they're just. I, th- I think they'll nick it. There's too much dysfunction in, in New York at the moment. There's too much going on they behind were, the they scenes. They were the first team to have a five-game stretch of less than five points, three-point losses in every instance. They've had a few blowouts since, but I'm actually minded to go with Noel on this as well because while they've had blowouts and they haven't looked great in the last couple of games, the 49ers have to be circling, Jesus, we don't want to go 0-16. Yeah. Here's a real opportunity. We're at home. Giants are not playing great. And there's a lot going on behind the scenes there in New York so, yeah, as well. Going so. For 49ers. so there is enough Giants fans that feel the pain, in particular Noel's nephew, Jake Woodhead, who's going to the game on Sunday. He's he, flown out he to San Francisco. He's in San Francisco at the moment. Yeah. So and he's, he's a Giants fan. He's a Giants fan, and I was messaged him during the week, and he said he booked it before the season started, and he had high hopes that he'd be going to see us top of the division, going towards the playoffs. Oh nice, a nice break in San Fran, but now he's going to see 1 and 7 against 0 and 9. But I have no idea how I let him through the net, you know, not be a Bears fan. Get out to the, the Giants, but sure. He saw sense. Oh, Jake, we, Jake, we feel sorry for you. I hope San Francisco's son. He'll be anyway. listening to this podcast over All there. Right. So. Um, last two games, late the game on Sunday is Patriots at Broncos. I've got to go for the Patriots here, even though Mile High is a nightmare for the Pats and for Brady in particular. He hates it, but uh, I, we need it. So I'm going Pats. Do you remember the last time Brock played in mile high against the Patriots? Yes, I do. Then he lost in overtime 30-24. And you lost. We lost. Yeah. CJ Anderson ran in overtime after they came back from a 21-point deficit. So he can do it when he wants to. Yeah. And it was a Sunday night game as well, wasn't it? It was a Sunday yeah. night game. And That's Patriots went in 10-0, and 0, actually, that Inter- season. And they went on to finish 13-3. and 3. Yeah, the Broncos are going to win on Sunday night. Or twelve and four, we finished. Broncos are going to no, win the game. No, they're not. They are. They're going to the defense because they've had such a tough week with the defense against how they played against Le- the Eagles. Uh, yeah, they're going to re- they're going to rebound and they're going to win the game. Le'Adrian Waddle is starting at right tackle, so Von Miller will have fun. No, one word. Who are you going for? Patriots. Patriots. Last game is Dolphins at Panthers. I'm going Panthers. They're the home team. Panthers. Panthers. Brilliant. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to wrap it up from there. That's our last thoughts. Uh, Thanksgiving is fast approaching. We've booked our tables at the Woolshed. Brian, have you? We have, yeah. We'll be there, yeah. Good man. So I can look forward to getting away from screaming children that night. Uh, Good, as always, to talk about NFL with you boys. Uh, Thanks, as always, to Jay, uh, our engineer. 
Um, but for now, that's our final play of the week. We're going to leave it to Carson Wentz and the Eagles being top of the whole NFL with an 8 1 record at the moment. But who knows where it'll finish up and who knows whether the Super Bowl will pan out as we predicted. But from now, it's goodbye from Brian. Goodbye. It's goodbye from our special guest this week, Noel. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me, Mark. Goodbye.